I never really saw anybody that looked like me that spoke languages. Honestly, you know, I just figured like, oh, if I wasn't born in the Caribbean or Africa, then, you know, I guess I can't do it. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and on this show here, we talk about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. Hey Fluent Farm, today I have an interview for you and one thing I need to tell you straight away is this is a bilingual interview. Finally, I found another interviewee who was ready to have a go at speaking two languages in the same conversation. So some questions, we switched to the German language, my native language. But for this person, it's her foreign language, her second language. And she is currently studying at university in Germany. And I'm so excited to have Shahida this is my interview with Shahida Foster on the show this week. She has a great story to tell all the way from how she became motivated because she liked a boy. <laughs> she became motivated to learn the German language and it's taken her all the way back from the USA to Germany to become a full-time student there. So it's a very interesting story that she's got to tell. And she's sharing some tips on how to adjust to life and also how to prepare for going to university in Germany, in this other country. And as part of the conversation, Shahida and I also talked about representation and inclusion and what it can feel like to be a black female polyglot and how isolating it can sometimes feel and even demotivating. So it's so important that we represent what we what we want to include, that we actually represent it and we show that that is welcome in our worlds. And in fact, at various points, I think, in the conversation, you can really tell when you're listening back to it. I learned a lot and I learned from Shahida and from just having this having this conversation with somebody who is in that situation because you can you can have your own thoughts but you can never quite know what it's like for somebody else. So I look forward to presenting you with this wonderful interview episode all about Black Girls Learn Languages. This episode is brought to you with support from a sponsor, and that is Yabla, the video database with lots of boosts for learners of Spanish, Italian, English, French, German, and Chinese. Yabla features authentic content by native speakers. And in fact, even if you're a complete rank beginner in a language, you can find videos there that will be suitable for you. And because of the amazing subtitle feature and this sort of loop a chunk and play it back and slow it down and really get into it feature. I've been using this a lot for Chinese because it is custom playback options. It is suitable for you no matter what your level. And they've got content for complete beginners, beginners, intermediates and advanced learners. So there's everything there. 
the subtitles uh, available in translation and in the original language and you can switch them on and off and use any combo that you prefer. There are learning games and flashcards and every word in the subtitles is also clickable so that you can straight away find out what it means. Yabla is the premier language learning video platform with tools to enhance conversational understanding such as the patented dictation game Scribe! Exclamation point. So you can stream authentic shows, content, music video, um, vlogs. I've watched it all really on Yabla. In, in Italian, I've watched things in Spanish, Italian and German and they've all been extremely high quality. You can learn at the same time as watching cool stuff in another language. Give Yabla a try today with the link yabla.com slash show. Thank you so much to Yabla for supporting The Fluent Show. Listeners, I don't want to keep you waiting any longer, so just be prepared that some part of this show, the bits where we spoke German, may not be as accessible to you and prepare to either feel perhaps a little uncomfortable or simply skip the German parts if you're not interested. But take maybe 30 seconds, listen to Shahida's German and just appreciate how much of an advanced speaker she is and I want to I, I don't want to say this in the sense of hero worshipping or saying somebody is you know so 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 great you couldn't possibly get there I want you to hear her speak in German because I think it's a fantastic example of the levels that you absolutely can reach that so many people think are impossible for some reason you might have it inside of you that there is a part of you that thinks yes you know that's all right for some that's all right for Kirsten speaking English it's all right for she to speak in German but I can't because whatever reason I'm old I'm young German is hard I'm poor I'm rich it you know whatever reason you've you've got in your head here is somebody who has just never really taken those on and just done her own thing risen above it all and reached what I would consider is a good you know like I think it's probably a c2 level in German I mean, listen back to the levels episode if you know what I think about uh, defining somebody's level. But certainly this extremely high level of German. So even if you don't understand any part of the German and you, you're finding yourself getting a bit antsy, I do want you to listen to it just to appreciate it for a second. Go ahead and do that. And now let's get straight to the interview with Shahida Foster from Black Girls Learn Languages. Hey, Shahida, thank you for taking the time to come and be my guest on The Fluent Show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on. I am so excited as well. We've got something that we have to tell our listeners as well, which is that you have agreed to bisschen Deutsch zu sprechen for about half of the time. Are you happy with that? Yes, I, 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 oh, I won't say happy, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to see what this sounds like. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So after one or two questions, Shahida and, and I will switch into German and we'll switch out into English and we'll switch back and forth just to give you listeners a little bit of uh, entertainment and a, perhaps a bit of a challenge. So Shahida, I want to start with your own linguistic background because I think it's very interesting. I know that you are an excellent German speaker. I've heard you speak German many times before, but your family is American and you also speak French and Spanish, right? Yes, not as good as German, but yes. <laughs> so I've got to ask, how did you how did you get started? Well, I got started with 
Uh, Spanish, just by virtue of living in New York City, being born in New York City, I would hear it a lot. And I was really interested as a kid. So I would like look at the signs because, you know, in New York, they have signs in every language. So I would look at the signs and then, you know, they have um, the TV stations. And I told myself, I remember I was like, I'm going to watch Telemundo every day until I can speak Spanish. <laughs> But but it didn't work. But it was really easy because, you know, they had radio stations and it's really available. It's just I didn't have anyone to teach me. And then um, I started learning French in school. I started learning French in junior high school. I decided to take French. And then um, in high school. I we moved to Germany when I while I was in high school and then that's when I learned German. So that's that's kind of how the journey with languages started. Ah, so you moved? How how did that come about? Well, my mother was in the military and so she we got stationed in Germany and so I ended up living there. Well, I'm living here now. <laughs> but uh, I ended up living there as a teenager for like six years until I became like an adult. Then I went back to the US and now I'm back in Germany again. <laughs> oh my God. What's it like being on an army base in, in Germany? It's almost like a microcosm of the US. It's like <laughs> you go to this, you go to the commissary and they have like all the foods from the US. They have Doritos. They have everything that I can't get now. <laughs> and, you know, they have a movie theater with movies in English, you know, like, you know, the, you know, it's like being in the U.S. It's like a little island of U.S. stuff. Wow. I I had no idea. I mean, I've, I've heard obviously of bases and I've met soldiers, you know, living in Germany. We always we had a big military presence when I was growing up. But how how do you get or did you even get any contact with the German language then? Well, um, it was really hard because I was actually very resistant to learning the language. I didn't really want to get stationed in Germany. Like the only reason we, my mom actually asked us, she was like, Hey, I have the chance to either get stationed in Japan or get stationed in Germany. Where would you guys like to go? And me and my sister said Germany, right? And the only reason I said Germany is because I was like, Oh, well, Germany's close to France. Maybe I'll have the opportunity to go to France. <laughs> Otherwise I probably would have picked Jap Japan and I'd be speaking Japanese right now. <laughs> So, um, well, when we got there, I was like, I'm not going to learn German. And um, I continued to learn French for like another two years. And uh, what ended up happening was I had these friends that there was a lot of kids at our school that were like half German, half American. So I had some friends I used to hang out with them. And they also had like German friends on the economy that were like not living on post. So we would go off post and hang out with them. And um, one of the guys, I had a crush on him, but he didn't speak English. He actually was from Russia, but he was born and raised in Germany. So he spoke Russian and German, but he didn't speak any English. And my friend, even though I told her not to, she told this guy that I had a crush on him. And he was like, oh, well, she doesn't even speak English. So like, how's that going to work? And I was like, oh, is that the only thing holding you back? Because I can learn some German and then <gasps> I learned German. <laughs> wow. Did it did it work? I don't know because by the time I got like I'd I'd say like two months in, like 
I'd say about two months in, a month and a half in, I totally forgot about him. I just started learning it. <laughs> like, I just started really enjoying it. I totally forgot. So I don't know. Like, I think, like, I said I was going to learn German. And then, like, a couple weeks into it, like, I wasn't thinking about him. And then I really wasn't thinking about him. It actually wasn't until um I was working for Lufthansa. And I was in Hamburg. And we were at this, um it was like a team event to welcome us, like, the new hires. And my boss at the time was like, so what made you learn German if you like weren't required to learn German if you were living on the military installation? I was like, that's a good question. Let me think. So I'm sitting there thinking, thinking like, what made me learn German? I don't remember. I don't remember. And then it hit me. I said, oh, this guy named Valdemar. He's like, what? So I told him the story and he's like, well, let's toast to Valdemar. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so you, after you finished or no, it's not after you finished at the American base, but you were you were living on an army base and then you got a job at Lufthansa. What what happened there? How did that come about? Well, that was actually many years later. I okay. had got the job at Lufthansa because um, I, I went back to the States and then I kind of settled into my little cushy life in the U.S. Like, oh, you know, it's a nice dream to go back to Germany, but it's never going to happen. Get over it. And then um, I was working for an airline and I started going on vacation to Germany using my benefits. And I was like, no, I miss it. So I decided I was going to get a job. I went on vacation um, the second year in a row to Germany. I was like, I'm coming back with a job. I don't care what I got to do, but I'm coming back with a job. I ended up getting two interviews with Lufthansa. And then I had an interview with Lufthansa and I had another interview with some other company that was based in Berlin. I ended up getting a job with Lufthansa though. Um, so that's how that happened. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, ich frage dich jetzt auf Deutsch. Weil als okay. wir uns kennengelernt haben, hast du wieder in New York gewohnt. Um, und jetzt wohnst du wieder in Deutschland. Um, ich wollte fragen, was machst du jetzt in Deutschland dieses Mal? Okay, so dieses Mal, das ist, ich arbeite, also ich arbeite Vollzeit auch bei einer deutschen Firma, also nicht Lufthansa und dann ähm, ich studiere Teilzeit, so Masterstudiengang. Oh wow, du, also du hast einen Vollzeitjob und dann studierst du noch obendrauf, das ist viel Arbeit. Ja. <lacht> <lacht> und was studierst du? Kannst du das auf die Arbeit anwenden? Passt das zusammen oder ist es eine Leidenschaft von dir? Um, ich studiere International Management and Information Systems. Um, ja, das ist, das ist ähnlich zu BWL mit Informatik. Ja. Mhm. Um, ja, so das, ja, kann man sagen, das passt zu zu dem Job, ja, kann man das sagen. Um, aber ich habe das, also ich, ich habe das gewählt, also die, ich habe den Masterstudiengang gewählt, denn ich finde, ich finde den flexibel. So zum Beispiel, wenn ich in, also bei einer Fluggesellschaft arbeiten möchte oder wo ich jetzt arbeite, äh, wie sagt man das auf Deutsch, Pharmazeutiker? Biopharma. Ja, Biopharma. Also, mhm. Ja, dann kann ich das da verbinden oder zum Beispiel hm, uh, Consumer Services, was weiß ich. So, ich, ich fand das 
Also ich fand das passend. Also das ist ganz flexibel. Das ist nicht nur eine Industrie, sondern das kann überall passen. Mhm, ja, es geht eher auch so um die um die Berufsvorgänge oder um die Firmenvorgänge. Und wie fandest du das, dich in Deutschland für die Uni zu bewerben? Ist das anders als in Amerika? Oh ja, auf jeden Fall. Das ist bestimmt anders als in den USA. Komischerweise, ich habe mein Bachelor in den USA gemacht, ne? Und mhm. da es so teuer war, ähm, habe ich gesagt, okay, wann immer ich mich entscheide für einen Master, dann ich muss nach Deutschland gehen. Auf jeden Fall. Denn weil in den Staaten, das ist sowas von teuer. Das ist auch teuer. Echt. Und hier, es gibt so viele Programme, die ähm, gebührenfrei sind, weißt du. Mhm. So, deswegen habe ich mich für Deutschland entschieden. Und ähm, ja, so, ich habe mich bei ein paar Unis beworben. Und von Prozess her ist das auch anders als in den Staaten. Ähm, das war ein bisschen, wie sagt man, Bürokratik. <lacht> ja, ein bisschen bürokratisch. Ja, genau. Und ja, das ist so viel Papierkram. Das war sowas von unglaublich. Ich konnte es nicht glauben. Also ich komme aus USA. Also ich komme aus den USA. Ähm, Englisch ist meine Muttersprache, natürlich. Also mein Pass, USA. Ja, klar. Aber Trotzdem muss ich beweisen, dass ich eigentlich Englisch kann. Und ich finde das total krass. Echt. Aber ja, so, ich muss so ein Zettel von dem, also von der Uni bekommen, dass alles auf Englisch, ähm, unterrichtet war oder wie auch man das sagt. Ja, ähm, unterrichtet wird. Und, ja. ja, genau. Und ich habe, was habe ich noch? Also das musste ich, ähm, bekommen und dann was noch und dann und dann ähm, ich musste auch ähm, man so viele Sachen und das war letzt also das war letztes Jahr glaube ich ne letztes mhm. Jahr man ich musste so viele Sachen abgeben und dann habe ich alles also fast ich glaube ja ich habe alles äh, per Uni Assist gemacht also Uni Assist ich weiß nicht ob du dich mit Uni Assist gut auskennst aber das ist für Studenten, also vom Ausland. Mhm. Ist das eine Firma das ist so oder als, eine Online-Plattform? Ja, das ist eine Firma in Berlin. Ah, und okay. ja, ja, man schickt alle, also Papiere und so, die prüfen das und dann die weiterleiten das an die, an die Unis. Und ja, so, ähm, ja, das, das hat, aber ich muss sagen, das hat nicht lange gedauert eigentlich. Also ich habe meine Papiere alle abgegeben und dann, ich glaube, vier oder sechs Wochen nachher habe ich eine Nachricht von Uni, äh, Uni Assist bekommen, dass alles passt und dann die weiterleiten das an die Unis und dann höre ich dann weiter irgendwann und dann, ich glaube, in drei oder vier Wochen habe ich Zusage bekommen. Ja, drei bis vier Wochen, das ist sehr schnell. Und wie ist das jetzt, in, in Deutschland zu studieren, Studentin zu sein? Ist das sehr anders als in, in den USA? Ähm, so der ja, Alltag? Ähm, ich, ich weiß nicht. Also ich habe das erst angefangen. Ähm, 
im Oktober. So, das ist ganz neu, aber bisher würde ich sagen, es ist nicht so anders, aber ähm, ja, das ist schwer zu sagen. Ich, ich, das ist nur ein Monat. Ich bin nur einen Monat dabei. Ja, stimmt. So, das ist ein bisschen schwer zu sagen, aber bisher würde ich sagen, dass es ja, das ist nicht so unterschiedlich wie in den Staaten. Okay, also eigentlich sehr attraktiv für, ähm, wenn man aus den Staaten kommt oder vielleicht auch aus Großbritannien, wo die Studiengebühren viel, viel höher sind, vor allem in den USA, ähm, dass man sich in Deutschland bewirbt. Man kann den Master machen auf Englisch. Man kann, man muss fast keine Gebühren bezahlen. Das ist alles, klingt alles relativ machbar. Und du musst noch ja, nicht mal, musst du für die Uni Deutsch können? Nee, ne? Nee, aber das hilft, muss ich sagen. Ähm, also für den Studiengang, das ist auf Englisch. So, dafür mhm. brauche ich kein Englisch, aber das hilft. Weil manchmal bekomme ich Nachrichten oder E-Mails auf Deutsch, versehentlich nämlich. Und ja, ich weiß was, also ich kann das lesen, ich kann das verstehen. Ja. Ähm, so, es hilft, aber das, das ist nicht... Das ist kein Muss, dass man Deutsch sprechen muss. Mm -hmm. There's no need to speak German to study in Germany. So I'll, I'll switch back to English and I'll ask you, um, what's different about your, your linguist? And obviously it's a, it's a big part of your identity and a big part of your, your, your work and your, your passion for doing languages is your identity as, as a black person or an American black person. Is it different being let's say, a black linguist in Germany compared to the USA? Um, it is. It, it is, I guess, because um, I feel like, I feel like in the US, people doubt you. Like if you say, I speak French or I speak Japanese, people just kind of side-eye you like, sure you do. You know, because I don't think they think black people sometimes are capable of learning languages that are not, you know, colonized languages like Japanese or Mandarin or whatever. Even so, even if you, you know, you say, oh, I speak, you know, German, obviously is not a lot of people speaking German in the Caribbean. I mean, I'm sure there's some, but not a lot. It's mostly like French and Spanish. So when you say that, people kind of side eye you. Um, you know, I've had that several times where I'm like, oh, I speak German. And people just kind of side eye me like, sure you do. And then when I open up my mouth because somebody's speaking German to me, oh, you really speak German? No, I was just lying. Yes, I, I do. Like, so, you know, compare that to, you know, when I come to Germany, obviously there is no discussion. I have to speak German if I'm like, I just went to the grocery store before we did this and I have to speak German. I mean, I could speak English, but you know what I mean? Like I live here. So here it's like, it's not even that anyone's doubting my ability because I have to use it. Um, but I feel like they kind of praise you for the wrong reason. Like they give you backhanded compliments. Like, <laughs> oh, you, you know, like, oh, you speak, you speak really good German for an American. Like, what is that supposed to mean for an American? Like, why you can't just say you speak good German, leave it like that. Like, I, I hear that a lot. Oh, you know, you're American. Why do you speak German? 
Mm-hmm. Like, I live here. Why shouldn't I speak German? Like, that's like if somebody from France would come to the U.S. and it's like, but you're French. Why do you speak English? Like, you're in the U.S. Why wouldn't you? Like, so you get different reactions. Yeah. It's, I think the German, in Germany, we have, we have a certain attitude to the USA or sort of, I remember from growing up, there was always a certain attitude from the USA where there's so much cultural influence, um, partly also because of our 20th century history, that there was a certain element of looking up to the USA. And I think sometimes with Germans, they just straight up believe that, that speaking English is, is better. You know, like, why would you come to Germany and speak German when when you could do this thing that is better? Which is a complete misguided belief. I guess so. I, I never understood it like that because I've, I've had people blatantly tell me, like, they're like, I don't understand why you're learning German. I'm like, but I'm in Germany. Well, you know, why why wouldn't I speak German? You know, Americans don't learn languages, you know, mm-hmm. like Americans, they just refuse. Like, I remember sitting at... um a team dinner. <laughs> Let you guess which company that was. I'm not going to say, but I remember sitting at a team dinner and these people were sitting next to me, like in awe that I'm like having a conversation and speaking with them the whole time in German. And they're just like, yeah, you know, to, you know, Americans, they did throw in British people too, but I can't speak for British people, but they pretty much were like, English-speaking people are very resistant to speaking German. They refuse to do it. They want to do everything in English, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, obviously, that's not everybody because I'm sitting here with you speaking in German. <laughs> but, you know, it's like so amazing how they just talk and, and, and I'm just like a walking contradiction to everything they're telling me. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, the... the- I'm thinking about it from the other side as well. Now, the amount of English speakers who I have heard say to me, oh, my friends just keep switching to English. My German friends keep switching to English. And it's it's like both sides. So if the English speaker, English native speaker does come to Germany, sometimes they will feel particularly intimidated because people switch to English. And they're like, well, when am I going to be bad at German? Because either I'm perfect or I'm... Or I have nothing. And you, you, you kind of, you know, like you have to give people the space to be somewhere in between. That's how I, mm-hmm. be- that's what I believe. And you're lucky, uh, not lucky, but you know, you, your personality and being such a confident speaker, I think really works in your favor. Do you, have you always been this, you know, fa- very confident? So I'm like, yeah, I can speak German on a podcast. I can speak German right now. I can speak Spanish on a podcast. Or d- d- did you have to work on that? I don't, I guess I, I never really had to work on it, I guess, um, to be honest. Um, and that's something that I struggle with. I noticed, like, I made, I think I made some videos on my YouTube, which I haven't really updated like that, but I made like a video on how to be confident. And then like, after I went in the group and asked some questions, I like reevaluated the video and I was like, Shahida, you have no idea what it's like to like not be confident and build confidence. Like you can't speak on this because I really don't. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I've always been the type of person that I always overestimate my abilities from the start, or maybe I don't overestimate them. I just don't give myself crap, I guess, when it comes to things I want to achieve. So, you know, for instance, I wanted to learn Spanish and I started learning and I didn't really feel like, you know, 
I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. And um, the same thing with German, like, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you get those people that nitpick you and they're like, oh, this is wrong and this is wrong and that's wrong. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll just learn from that. And then you have, you know, because you're learning, so you don't really know like what, you know, how to respond to it. But, you know, you also have the times where it's like, dude, I know this is right because I saw this on TV. Don't try me. So I don't know. I've just never really had that. Oh, I'm embarrassed. I think if it came to something like Japanese or Chinese, I think I would be very intimidated to like start talking. I don't know because it's, it's to me, it's different because it's a different alphabet. And for me, it's more like sounds and learning the alphabet and French, Spanish, German. I mean, it's the same alphabet for me. So it's just a matter of pronunciation. And so that, that never really discouraged me or made me feel a way. I don't know. I, I, I don't really feel like there's anything I had to build, mm-hmm. at least in that area with language. I, I don't feel like the confidence in language I ever had to really build. <laughs> also selbstbewusst geboren im Prinzip. Ja, kann man sagen. Ich sage das immer. Ich weiß nicht, wie man das auf Deutsch sagt, aber ich sage immer auf dem Podcast, um, I just came out the womb, like, where's the Spanish at? So, <lacht> so ja, wie kann man sagen? Also, keine Ahnung, wieso, aber ich liebe Sprachen und wie, wie du gesagt hast, das ist, das ist, das ist, das ist ein Teil von mir. Also, das ist, das, das ist, das bin ich, also ich bin ach, ich bin Sprachen und ja, ich weiß nicht, wie ich das erklären soll, aber da hatte ich keine Probleme und ich weiß, dass ich Glück habe und deswegen, das ist nicht, ähm, das gilt nicht für jeder, ne? So, ja. Ja, das, aber ich, ich finde das auch wichtig und ich finde das auch sehr, sehr schön, dass du wirklich so als Beispiel dastehst, weil das muss, das, es ist, es ist nicht immer angenehm, ein Beispiel zu sein, aber nicht nur ein Beispiel als jetzt äh, Black Linguist oder irgendwie so, sondern auch ein Beispiel als selbstbewusste und selbstbewusste Frau, die, wo du einfach so stehst und sagst, ja, nee, ich, ich lerne Sprachen. Und ein Teil von Lernen ist, dass man Fehler macht und ist, dass man die Fehler auch, dass, dass man nicht stirbt, wenn man Fehler macht, sondern dass man das wirklich einfach ausprobiert. Und je mehr, ich glaube, je mehr Lerner verstehen und sehen, dass man auch als erwachsener Sprachlerner viele Fehler macht und dass die einfach, dass die einfach dazugehören, desto besser ist das für alle. Ja, also ich muss, ich muss zugeben, ich bin Perfektionisten. So, das heißt, wenn ich Fehler mache, dann, ja, Welt, wie sagt man? Weltuntergang? Ja, dann, dann, du sagst, wenn du Fehler machst, dann geht für dich die Welt unter? Ja, genau, also wenn ich Fälle mache, dann ist es wirklich Drama. Wirklich. Dann, wie, ich hatte das, wissen sollen, wie kann das doch sein, das ist so schwer, ich verstehe das nicht, bla bla bla. Aber ansonsten, wenn es zu ähm, Selbstbewusstsein oder, ja, also ich bin stolz, ich finde, das ist nicht einfach, Sprachen zu beherrschen oder zu lernen oder einfach Lust darauf zu haben und ja, so, 
Also wenn es kommt, also wenn es zu Fehlern kommt, dann ja, muss ich sagen, da habe ich richtige Pro Probleme, muss ich sagen. Aber Selbstbewusstsein, nein. Super. Ja, und das ist, wenn die Fehler, die sagen ja auch nicht über dich was aus, sondern nur über dein Deutsch in dem Moment. Und das, da haben, glaube ich, viele Leute ähm, verwechseln manchmal oder oder verbinden das ein bisschen zu sehr, dass die Sprachkenntnisse, das, das ist nicht, das ist nicht du und es sagt nichts über dich aus. Aber du, du bewirkst ja auch Gutes in der Welt, <lacht> kann man oder kann man so kann man so sagen. Um, und das ich, ich sage das jetzt auf Englisch, because um, I think it's important for everybody. Um, if you are mm -hmm. still listening, listeners, and you got through all the German, you don't understand German. Congratulations <lacht> and welcome. <lacht> we really really appreciate you. I really love doing bilingual episodes. And I always wonder if anybody is still listening 20 minutes in. So or anybody non-German speaking. So Sheila, you started. Uh, a blog, a, a website, like this sort of place online called Black Girls Learn Languages. So we've got, you know, black women really as, as an identity. And it's an identity, obviously, for you. And do you feel, what? why do you think it's important to address this community in particular? And what do you think uh, we can, you know, you, first of all, can do for them? Well... I, this this community is important because I needed this community when I was learning languages as a kid. I always wanted to, but I never really saw anybody that looked like me that spoke languages. Honestly, you know, I just figured like, oh, if I wasn't born in the Caribbean or Africa, then, you know, I guess I can't do it. But um I needed that. I needed it, I, you know, and I really liked language. And there were so many people that got discouraged because they didn't see anyone that looked like them. And they were, like, you know, discouraged or, or made fun of. Um, and, you know, I don't want to say unfortunately for them, but unfortunately, you know, that led them to quit. And I just in that respect cut from a different cloth because I was like, you can make fun of me. I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, so, you know, there were times when I wanted to connect with somebody like, oh, this is so hard. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, I don't care what anyone has to say, but, you know, there's subcultures in the U.S., um, and if you're from a certain culture, sometimes it's hard to relate to people from another culture that you've never been exposed to. And, you know, for me, it was very hard. We had lived for one year in Missouri. We were stationed in Missouri before we went to Germany. And I was studying French and they had a French club. So I was like, oh, I'm going to join the French club, you know, because uh, the school that I went to in New York, we didn't have that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to join the French club. That way I can connect with people, you know, whatever. And I went to the French club and I was the only black person there. And, you know, it was clear to me that the people that were in the French club did not really have experience interacting with black people because you could just feel how they seem like they didn't know what to say to me, how to interact with me. It was just very awkward. And I didn't like that because I'm just a person. Just because, you know, I'm a, I look different or I'm from a different culture, you, you can still talk to me normal. So I didn't like the way that felt. Like I just wanted to, you know, enjoy French and, and I just really felt like 
they just kind of looked at me like, oh, well, what is this person? I don't know. What, what what should we say? You know, and I just didn't like that. And I just was like, you know, it would have been cool. I would have felt more comfortable if it would have been like multicultural. Then I would have felt like, okay, well, you know, we're all, but, you know, to be the only black person there it was just kind of like, okay. Um, so that's when I thought about it. And I was like, man, that would be cool to be able to connect with people I know wouldn't feel awkward interacting with me because mm-hmm. we look the same. I already know we already, we have the same culture. I already know what it is. And, um, you know, obviously back then there was not really internet like that, <laughs> but flash forward to, um, I did another blog a couple of years ago. I think I started this blog in like 2014 and that was like a bilingual plus size fashion blog, which is defunct now. It, I turned it into a beauty blog and then still didn't update. I don't know when the last time I update that thing. But anyway, <laughs> um, I was getting consulting for that and the consulting was like, well, it sounds like your, your passion's really language. It's not really fashion and style. Maybe you should change it to language. And I was like, I'm not trying to hear that. I already been doing this for like a year now. I'm not letting this go down the drain. And she was just like, okay, well, we can continue to work on it. But it just sounds like your passion is language, not fashion and style. I said, okay, fine, whatever. So still tried to make that work. Finally said, you know, forget it. I'm not, I don't know what I'm gonna do with this. One day I'm, I had moved back to New York City as you can hear, I moved around a lot. <laughs> I moved back to New York City. I want to say that was like almost three years ago. And I had been in New York for like, I want to say a couple of months. And somehow, some way, I was, I was looking at all these different hashtags like melanin popping and all this other stuff. And I just hear this voice said, check and see if there's something like Black Girls Learn Languages, right? I don't know. So I checked. I'm Googling. I don't find anything, like anything about Black people in languages. I don't see anything, right? Wow. And then I hear another voice said, do it and do it now. Immediately, I got the website, did the Instagram, got the Twitter, got the this, got the that. And then I just started every day posting stuff, you know, facts, figures, you know, um, and then I, and then I was like, okay, that's great that I have the Instagram, but how can we speak to each other? Because I had people in my inbox like, oh, I'm learning Romanian and I want to talk to somebody who's like, do you know anybody? And I was just like, there's got a way, there's got to be a way for us to connect with each other. So I was thinking about like, getting an online forum because I used to moderate on an online forum. And then I was like, nah, that's too expensive. And then I said, why don't I just do Facebook group? I'm a member of groups. So I did the Facebook group. And I think like now there's like over 1K people in there. I think, I don't know. <laughs> but um the girls post things, you know, they post what they learn. They post their struggles like, oh my God, I'm so frustrated. Or, oh, I just passed this exam. Or, oh, I got this job overseas or whatever the case may be. Sometimes they just vent. Oh, this person said this. I was so offended at work today, you know, whatever. And I just, I'm, I just, I see how it's so necessary. It's so necessary for us to have this space because a lot of them say, oh, if it wasn't for this, this form you created, um, I would have not got back in my languages again because I stopped because, you know, people was making fun of me or, um, you know, saying I was a wannabe. And, you know, at least I have this this community where I know like I'm not the only one. 
you know. And I think like one of the girls, she told me she had met somebody also there, like from the group. She found out like a gr- girl was living there nearby her and they had went and hung out a couple times because they're both interested in Korean. I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's amazing. You know, it is amazing. It's funny, like the the struggles that, that you mentioned and the, the problems that you mentioned that to a certain extent we could say they're universal struggles you know like yeah you know everybody gets insecure but it's different it's just different i think when when somebody relates to you and somebody knows exactly where you are coming from originally i really do i really do think it's different it's it's something that we felt i felt to a certain extent when we when we organized women in language for the first time which isn't really it's not really like we're talking about different languages to if we have male speakers or anything like that, but it's about creating the space and it's about saying there's a space for you here. Mm-hmm. And that, that I, I, in itself gives you confidence then, right? Definitely. You know, I was happy to see <laughs> women in language because people have been and they're still telling me before before I saw the women women in language, people were like, are you going to have an event? Are you going to have an event? Are you going to have an event? I'm like, uh, I just started this thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw women in language. I'm like, oh, my God, that's great. You know, that's something to be a part of. And um, I was glad that you let me be a part of it. That was great. Um, I think it's great because I feel like women are not given the credit they deserve. Um, and I feel like sometimes, you know, black women, I don't, I think we get even less. So like, and I mean, in the language community, I mean, in general too, but in the language community, like, you know, you see the, 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 the people that tend to be like the biggest people that everybody want to buy things from are like guys. Um, but everybody knows that women are the best communicators and women are actually, I've read articles that said women are actually better when it comes to mastering multiple languages than than guys on average you know but the way the language community is set up doesn't seem like that even though that is the case um so i was very glad to see that that you know trying to carve these spaces where hey we you know we exist too we're doing things too mm-hmm. i like to see that yeah and it doesn't take away from what's what's in a mainstream it it just adds so i can't wait for like black women in language events i want to ask you about this the polyglot community a little bit more cuz cuz this is this is interesting to me as i've i've been to many many of these events and they are and it's similar to to my podcast, I have to say, there is a huge level of diversity in terms of native languages and people's backgrounds and all that stuff, maybe in, in skin color and in, in what we look like, not quite as much, you know? And um, mm-hmm. ich, ich frage dich auf Deutsch, wenn, um, einfach weil, damit wir ein bisschen mehr Deutsch sprechen, wenn das okay ist. Uh, <laughs> wie fühlst du dich als, als Mitglied, sagen wir, von der, der Polyglot-Community oder Polyglot-Gemeinschaft, International fühlst du dich dazugehörig? Willst du auch zu den äh, zu den Veranstaltungen kommen oder oder ist es einfach nicht deine Welt? Das ist eine gute Frage. Ich will nicht sagen, dass es nicht meine Welt ist, ähm, aber ich will auch nicht sagen, dass ich für mich zugehörig. Mm. Das ist ein bisschen komisch. Ähm, so zum Beispiel. Ähm, 
Und ich denke, es gibt viele, viele Frauen in der Gruppe, die denken auch so. Ähm, zum Beispiel, ich, ich gucke ins Internet, oh, es gibt ein Event in Poland oder Slowenien oder was weiß ich. Und dann ich gucke mal nach und dann ich lese und ich mache mich schlau und dann ich denke, mh, vielleicht ist das eh nicht meins. Also ich sehe niemanden mit äh, so mit dem ich vielleicht äh, wie sage ich das? Weißt du, was manchmal ich, ja genau. Ich sehe niemanden und ich denke mir, okay, so was für Teilnehmer dann gibt es eigentlich? Gibt es Teilnehmer wie ich? Weil wenn ich ähm, also wenn ich mir das Programm anschaue, ich denke mir, ich weiß nicht, ob es gibt so viele Leute wie ich, wo wir was gemeinsam haben oder wo wir uns gut verstehen könnten oder wie auch immer. So, ja, es kommt drauf an. Es gibt einige Events, ich sehe das und ich denke, oh, okay, das sieht cool aus, aber zu, zu teuer. <lacht> oder... Hm, ich weiß nicht, ob das so meins ist. Ähm, und ich glaube, es gibt so viele Frauen so, weißt du. Und ähm, zum Beispiel, ich glaube, es gibt ein Polyglot-Event äh, in Polen. Ja, und, ähm, Ja, und ich habe mit einer Freundin ähm, geredet und sie hat gesagt, ja, ich gehe mal hin. Und da habe ich gesagt, okay, wenn du mal hingehst, dann... Ich denke mal nach und also ich überlege und dann entscheide ich mich. Aber wenn sie das nicht sagen hätte, dann nein, hatte ich kein Interesse. Mhm. Also ist dann geht es auch wirklich darum, dass wenn wenn man sowas veranstaltet, dass man auch dran denkt und also ich habe früher für eine Uni gearbeitet und wenn man für eine Uni im Marketing arbeitet, dann kommt immer dieses, oh wir müssen Diversity, oh wir brauchen mindestens <lacht> zwei Stockfotos mit jemandem mit einer anderen Hautfarbe und vielleicht noch jemandem aus, aus Ostasien und ho 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 und weißt du, man denkt immer, das ist ein bisschen zynisch. Cynical. Aber wenn, wenn ich dich so, weißt du, wenn, wenn du, wenn du über diese Veranstaltungen sprichst, dann denke ich, nee, eigentlich ist es doch wichtig. Wir müssen das repräsentieren. Wir müssen sagen, man muss immer wieder sagen, na klar, alle sind willkommen. Denn alle sind willkommen, wenn man sowas organisiert. Ja, stimmt. Also geht so auch mit der Uni. Also die, also diese Uni, an der ich studiere, mhm. ich habe, ich habe diese Uni gewählt, weil ähm, in, wie sagt man, <lacht> Brochures. <lacht> ja, im Prospekt. Ja, in den, also in den Broschüren und so. Es gibt so viele verschiedene Propaganda, whatever, und es gibt so viele Leute aus. Asien und äh, Afrika oder aus den Staaten, also wirklich vielfältig. Ne? Und ich dachte mir, okay, dann das ist eine Uni für mich, weil dann weiß ich ganz genau, es gibt so viele Leute und ähm, aus fremden Ländern und ähm, ja, da kann ich mich wohlfühlen. Und ähm, ja, so ich finde das sehr wichtig, sehr, sehr wichtig. Das finde ich interessant, denn von, von mir aus 
denke ich manchmal, ja, man, man muss das nicht immer wieder sagen. Und also nicht, nicht, weil es nicht wichtig ist, sondern weil ich denke, ja, wir müssen ja nicht hier so klischee-mäßig, so dieses, dieses, man denkt dann an dieses Tokenism. Aber dann andererseits denke ich, wenn ich irgendwo hingehe und sehe keine Frauen da, dann fühle ich mich genauso. Ja, genau. Also nicht sagen, sondern zeigen. Mhm. Nicht sagen, sondern ich zeigen. Denke, don't, don't also, tell, show. Yeah, so don't say, oh, we're going to have so much diversity and then I'm going to be disappointed. I've had that happen before. I went to, I don't even want to say. I went, uh, we'll just say I went to a show. We, I went to a show in Germany and the person was like, oh, it's going to be so diverse. It's going to be so diverse. Da, da, da. I'm like, okay. And I went there and like, there was two people of color there. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know how Germans consider color, but as far as I was concerned, it was like, I mean, I was not even part of the show. I was just, you know, backstage, but as far as people part of the show and backstage, I think it was like three people of color. Like, wait, 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 let me think. Yeah. And that included me. Um, I was just like, okay. So I was just kind of like, to me, I mean, I guess because Germany, the demographic is different. There's like less than 1% black people in Germany. Um, so I guess the demographic is different. But for me, if somebody says like, there's really diverse, then to me, it's like equal amounts of everybody. Like, I don't think there was an Asian person that was part of the show. So to me, and, and I, you know, after talking, I talked to an Asian girl in Frankfurt and she was telling me how she, is underrepresented and I you know and I had to think about it like wow I never even considered that like she was talking about how um just certain things that she can't get or it's hard for her to get or it doesn't work for her because of her features and it, it's a problem mm -hmm. and I'm like oh wow I never thought about that you know obviously I only know my struggle I don't know hers so you know now that I think about it I'm like There wasn't even an Asian person there. So to me, it's like, how diverse could it really be? Just because you pick one person that's tan doesn't mean it's diverse. Mm. And to tie that back to, to language learning, it's, it's fascinating because we, we, we live in a world where we obviously like people who learn languages. I, I personally believe learning a language, any foreign language will, will always give you a level of different worldview, just, just to understand that people express things entirely differently and there's different words for everything that, you know, I, I, I'm always going to believe that it does something positive for you in terms of your, in terms of your tolerance and in terms of awareness of how we see the world. But even so, even so, I, I, I want to kind of perhaps con conclude by asking, is there something is there more that needs to be done and what what can be done and obviously for me it's like I'm a white person from Germany who lives in Britain like <laughs> my life <laughs> is so white like is is there something to be done that all of us can do to make the language learning community just more inclusive and more representative obviously asking you you know <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is um I haven't I just kind of 
recluded to like my forum and my community because I would like venture out like, oh, I'm going to go to an event. And um, I see, I will say, I see some events, like I'll go look online at their website and stuff and I'll see some events and I'll see where they're making an effort. Like for instance, um, is it Langfest that goes on in Canada? I think like Langfest is the one that goes on in Canada every August. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can say that I see, like, you know, I looked at the presenters, you know, because that's the first thing I do. I'm like, I'm looking at the presenters, and if I don't see nobody, then, you know what I mean? So I looked at, was it last year? I didn't go. I ended up not going because um I had just started a new job, so I couldn't go. Um, But I was looking at it before, and I was like, oh, I want to go because, you know, I saw, like, diversity and it wasn't it didn't seem like tokenism like it was really like like I saw Tamara was speaking so I was like oh I know her you know I've spoken to her like multiple times you know and there was somebody else that I saw I forgot her name but she was so her resume was impressive she was like as far as the language community goes she was kind of like Oprah to me I was like (laughs) I like this woman and I I, this gives me something to aspire to and I saw those two and I saw some other people and I was like okay I want to go but then I ended up getting a job and I I couldn't take the time off. Um, so it's like, like them, it's like, I see they're making an effort. Um, and then there's the other side of the spectrum where you look at, you go to the, you know, oh, the event might be close by me. Let me look. You know, I was in New York at the time. Oh, let me look. And then I look and I don't see any presenters that are even tan. And I'm like, um, okay. Or I might see one tan person. I'm like, um, to me, that makes me feel like, okay, are there going to be any black people there? Because the thing is, I always, whenever, I, if I'm the only black person there, I always feel like I felt when I was in the French club. Okay. So I'm here and I want to interact with people, but they're acting like they don't know how to interact with me. And you can see it on their face. They're like uncomfortable and they're trying to rack their brain, trying to figure out what they can say to me. And I don't like that. That's why I like to look and see, okay, there are black presenters, you know, okay, then probably there's going to be some black people there. Okay, good. So it's going to be multicultural. And more than likely, if other people know that there's black people there, then that means that they have no problem interacting with black people, which means that the type of people that will be there, it will probably be easy to interact with them no matter where they're from. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's it's so... It goes back to the, you know, don't, don't talk, just show, just actually do it from, from what I'm hearing from you is all you want to know is just, am I going to be the only one? Because if I'm going to be the only one, I have to, you have to start from a completely different place, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's like, who wants to spend money and get on an airplane just to be the only one somewhere? And then nobody's really talking to you. And it's like trying to pull teeth to interact with people because they're so awkward to talk to you. (laughs) They don't know what to say to you. Like, I'm not going to spend money to do that. I can stay home, you know? Mm -hmm. So in terms of black girls learn languages, in in terms of interacting with maybe the polyglot community polyglot events stuff like that would you would you say like that's a great place to contact people and to kind of just reach out and say look i've got something uh to what extent can to what extent is it can we say yeah you know i want to include you like i actually like please come along 
Um, I mean, just like you did, you know, hey, we see what you're doing. We like it. We, we, we would love for you to be a part. <laughs> like, it's just that simple. <laughs> it is. You're right. It's just, it's just that. And yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. It's a funny, it's a funny kind of thing because you, you walk in this line, like in, in every world. And I think it's interesting in the, in the language learning world. Uh, what you're talking about is, you know, you're talking about learning Spanish, you're talking about learning French, you talk about learning German. These are languages, I'm just going to say white languages now, but do you know what I mean? That they're languages that are very commonly taught in languages that are predominantly very, very Western. And you don't, like, it's almost as if you go, oh, like you're a, you know, like you're learning these languages, even though possibly there might be a, a migration background that is different to your family, but why not? Because if you've got a Polish background and, and you're learning French, no one looks at you funny. <laughs> they surely don't. <laughs> it's it's bizarre and it's it's only something that we can talk about and we can be and we can be aware of. I think awareness goes goes a long way with these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Do you have anything left that we haven't touched on that you would like to cover in the interview? Um, no, I, I think we've covered pretty much everything. I, um, I'm just very grateful. Thank you for having me on here. And I just, I just want to say I really appreciate the fact that you are highlighting the need for diversity and being a part of that. I think it's very, very, very important. And, um, that's pretty much it. Thank you. You know, it's, it's not always, I think it's not always easy as, as an organizer or a, a, a documenter of, of anything at all. I don't think it's always easy to, to remind yourself like, oh, I've got to consider this and I've got to, you know, like be aware of this. And it's, it is important, even though it's not even, it's not even my worldview. So my curiosity comes in handy because I want to know. But it's not always easy, and I don't think I or or really any anybody out there. I think some sometimes it's very, very, very well done, but I think everybody's still got a very long way to go. So, Sheida, I want to thank you for taking the time coming coming to talk to me. And uh, listeners, you don't know this, but she is recording from under a duvet. So all this time, Shahida's like under a duvet to get to get a better sound for the podcast, and I just absolutely love it. <laughs> So I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time. And listeners, do check out Black Girls Learn Languages. Is it a .com? Do you have a website as well there? I do, but it's .co. Everyone thinks it's .com, but it's actually .co um, because uh, I had gotten a site and then I didn't want it anymore and I wanted to change the provider and I couldn't and I it was a mess. So I just ended up just seeing whatever and buying a new site. So if you put in .com, I believe it will redirect you, but still it's .co, .co. Yeah, just, just don't, listeners. Just go to Black blackgirlslearnlanguages.co it's it's a great great resource not just for black girls i think all of us can look at it but in particular you know if you are listening and you haven't felt represented in the past i hope now you know there's more people like you out there as well uh shahida on this show i always say goodbye in english and then i ask my guests to say goodbye in any language of their choosing und weil wir heute deutsch gesprochen haben sage ich mal tschüss auf deutsch 
Ähm, und danach darfst du dich verabschieden in egal welcher Sprache dir gerade passt. Ähm, so, also es ist dann Tschüss von mir. Tschüss und Tschüss von Shahide Faste. Arrivederci. <lacht> Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting the show by leaving a review in your podcast app or even becoming a member of our Patreon community where our supporter perks include a secret feed full of added show notes and a VIP option where you can get priority answers to your listener questions on the podcast. Don't forget that you can send us your language questions and feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show or Instagram, hashtag The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you and read every message and review. See you next week.